0: In the last half hour, we spoke with Pam Fraser, mom of Dylan Parody, one of the three men killed when that CP train, freight train, derailed uh, at high speed on a steep slope near Field BC in February of 2019. That, uh, of course, was the subject of a Transportation Safety Board report released today. Uh, it found that a combination of inadequate training, aging brakes in freezing conditions uh, contributed to the failed der- derailment. The TSB has made a number of recommendations to prevent similar accidents from happening in the future, including the use of automatic parking brakes, better training, more maintenance. Today in Parliament, the NDP's transport critic, Taylor Backrock, asked the Transportation Minister, Omar al what more the government will do to protect rail workers' lives. Member for Valley, Mr. Speaker,
1: on a cold winter day in 2019, Dylan Paradis, Daniel Waldenberger-Balmer, and Andrew Dockerell climbed into a locomotive parked on a steep hill near Field, British Columbia. Minutes later, the brakes failed, the train ran away, and the three men plunged to their deaths. Now, the TSB just released a scathing report on that accident, saying, among other things, that CP Rail didn't listen to the safety concerns coming from their own workers. Mm -hmm. This government's hands-off approach to rail safety is killing railroaders. When will it stand up to big rail corporations and protect workers' lives? The Honourable Minister of Transport. Our thoughts continue to be with the families and friends of those who lost their lives. On that tragic accident. We thank Transportation Safety Board of Canada for completing a thorough investigation. Their investigation report was released today. We're going to examine it, Mr. Speaker. We're going to act upon it, and we're going to build on the interim measures that we put immediately after the accident. Mr. Speaker, I want to assure my colleague and every member of this house and every Canadian, safety is our top Uh, priority and we will continue to do everything we can to maintain the highest level of safety here in Canada.
0: That was NDP transport critic Taylor Backrack and Transport Minister Omar Algalbra in Parliament today discussing that TSB report. Of course, actions will always speak louder than words, and this case included CP. For its part, released a statement today, as I mentioned earlier, contesting the TSB's findings. They say, given the gravity of this incident and the tragic loss of life, it was extremely disappointing that the TSB misrepresented the facts at today's zoos conference and misunderstood key facts about the incident in its report. Uh, it says CP remains the industry leader in technology-driven train inspections with a decade-long track record of reduced train accidents and improved train performance. Throughout the investigation, CP's fully cooperated with the TSB, and CP strongly believes that the real and substantive safety improvements are only achieved when fact-based and objective analysis is undertaken to truly understand the causes and contributing factors of an incident like the field derailment. So, all that being said, and to make a little more sense of it all, joining me now is someone who knows about these kinds of investigations. He's a rail safety consultant and former TSB director of rail accident investigations. Joining me from Ottawa is Ian Naish. Ian Naish, thank you for your time tonight. You're welcome. So, tell me a bit about what this report had to say, and is it what you were expecting to see?
1: Okay, yeah, well, uh, briefly, essentially, the report said that the... uh, the train that ran away and derailed in the Kicking Horse River uh, basically ran away because the air brake pressure had, uh, basically there was no air brake pressure anymore in the, in the train and it started to run away and the crew couldn't stop it and uh, they uh, when you ride when you ride a train I mean you either jump out or you ride it down they knew they were running away but um, it's a t- tough choice to make when you when you go down a hill like that. Um, and the reason that it ran away in the first place was basically it was a grain train. A lot of the grain cars were very old; uh, they hadn't been very well maintained, so they were leaking air because of the cold weather. And we get colder, the colder the weather, more the air leaks out with, around the gasket areas, and the brake valves and brake cylinders. And um, and so, uh, although they put on what's called retainer brakes to to essentially. Res- have some kind of control of braking on the, on the train. It just wasn't enough. And the train route rolled away on its own, rolled
0: down a 2.2% grade, which is very steep for railway mountain grade and uh, derailed. Uh, (laughs) According to the report, then what did the TSB find were the facts or the mitigating factors in this accident, in this crash, and what would have had to have been done to try to prevent them?
1: Well, the contributing factors were, it's a very heavy train, 15,000 tons. Many of the cars were in really bad shape in terms of air air brake leakage. And uh, the train was going down one of the steepest hills in the country. And uh, so what could have been done? Uh, the equipment could have been better maintained. Um, the operating crews could have been better trained. And the supervisors could have supervised better in terms of making decisions on how many brakes to put on after the train went into emergency? Emergency because it was running out of air so fast, uh, and then it, when it goes into emergency, all the brakes go on, and the train stops. But then the air because it was so cold and the air was leaking so much, the air, air brakes and the cylinders leaked off, and uh, and it started to roll away. But uh, essentially, first of all, if the cars have been very well maintained, it might not have been an issue. Second of all, given you've got those cars, if handbrakes have been applied right away when the train went into emergency, um, and third of all, there could have been a, a dialogue between the train crew and traffic control and the roadmaster to make the right decision on how they proceed from their stop position at the top of the hill to get down to field. And I think the idea there, the best idea would have been to just hold the train with all the handbrakes on, wait till the morning when the weather got warmer and then it'd be easier to get the air brake, brake pressure back to to where you want it to be. And, uh, and things might have happened in a positive sense.
0: Ian, you investigated rail accidents over the years. How much of those factors were things that were already known prior to that night?
1: Um, Well, I mean, the railway knew about the... Uh, they knew about the condition of the train, but I don't think they connected all the dots. Um, training and supervision—you know—the railways like to make a lot of money for their shareholders, and I guess if they can cut down a little bit and a little bit, and nothing happens, and things may be perceived as being okay. Um, the railways, there, there's a regulation for the safety management system regulations that railways are supposed to adhere to, and, it's, and whenever you make operational changes, and like for example, you get heavier trains and you're operating in the winter and uh you've got and crews are reporting problems going down a hill for example you you're supposed to look at the patterns as railway management say okay we we got issues here what are we going to do about it and it's not clear at all that the railway did any of that
0: when you that being said, then, um, was there anything in this report uh, today that came as a surprise to you in terms, of, in terms of either the findings or the recommendations? And do you think that what's contained in the report really is a step in the right direction to make sure that this won't happen again?
1: Yeah, there's no big surprises. Uh, the big disappointment to me was the safety management system regulations, which have been around for 21 years now, and uh, clearly they're not working well. I know they do well, work well, in some companies, and I think VIA Rail does a pretty good job of that in Canada and in Europe. Uh, there's some pretty good railways and, uh, and countries that have efficient operating regulations for, for risk assessment by the railways. Um, I guess I was surprised at the condition of the rail cars. I didn't think they'd be that bad, and uh, surprised at the how fast the air leaked off from all the all the basically aged gaskets. Um, and I, I think the only other thing is cold weather operations. I mean, you've got to be so careful it's, uh, with regards to train securement and train operation. It seems that that uh, that wasn't taken into account or in consideration. I don't think the gravity of the situation was considered uh, as bad as it actually was on the day of the accident.
0: I know that uh, there have been advisories issued at least earlier to try to make some ch- necessary changes. There are more recommendations in this report today. Um, do you think this goes far enough in making sure that these issues are corrected?
1: You know what? If all the recommendations are accepted and acted upon, I, I'd say it'll be a heck of a lot better than it was in 2019. But um, unfortunately, uh, railway companies quite often are hesitant to implement any uh, any improvements that will cost a lot of money, and um, so even though the recommendations are good, it may take an awfully long while to get them all implemented and acted upon.
0: What are the what are the key ones here, if so they, so listeners understand? What are the key recommendations that have been made in terms of trying to improve uh, the safety of these trains, specifically in an area as dangerous as Field Hill?
1: Well, I like I like the one about uh, implementing an automated automatic parking brake on freight cars which is which is great because the way handbrakes are applied to rail cars now and that would be like a, a replacement for that to a certain extent uh the size of the person the strength of the person depends on that how well you can apply the handbrake. but if you have a, an automatic parking brake that's actuated from um from the head end locomotive it's all automatic and it's the same uh, pressure applied to all the cars So i mean it's and it saves a ton of time too. And that technology is there and it's been there for quite a while. But, um, like a lot of other things, I guess people do their benefit cost analyses. They look at shareholder demands and that sort of thing. And they, uh, you know, if, you get, if you're if you going to make an improvement, make sure the improvement is more than the equivalent level of safety to what you had before, you know, better. And um, I think, that, that would help a lot. Order uh, a safety management system, uh, but then you've got to act on it, right? And uh, the railways really have to pull up their socks and do a better job of applying that regulation. It's a good regulation, but it's, uh, in my opinion, a lot of the railways just pay lip service to it. And um, I didn't say anything about training and supervision, and they didn't really get into that from what I read, but maybe I missed it. Um, you know, I think you've got to, Situations like Field Hills, places like Field Hills, you know, it's it's an important part of the link in the the rail network across the Rockies. But uh, you really got to take it seriously how you how you look after the train crews that go through there and train them and supervise them. And, um, you know, it didn't look like uh, it didn't look like uh, the operation worked well, the way uh, the way a relief crew came in and so on and so forth.
0: I'm speaking with Ian Nash. He's a rail safety consultant and a former TSB director of rail accident investigations. After this, we'll talk a bit more about uh, whether or not the report today, and we've already spoken about how it has to be enacted, but how much safer are our trains today than they were on that tragic night back in 2019? We'll be back with that. I'm back with Ian Naish, a rail safety consultant and former TSB director of rail accident investigations. He's speaking to me tonight from Ottawa. Uh, Ian, I, I guess one of the, the main questions is, it's it's, you know, three years later, more than three years later, are the trains rolling around tonight any safer? It's warmer, obviously. But is this kind of accident not likely to happen again, given the changes that have been made since that night?
1: Um, I'd say it's marginally safer. Um, I'd I like to see a lot more action taken by the railways and the regulator to, to have a really nice level of comfort. that things going in the right direction, and some of the recommendations from the TSB—they're going to take time to act upon. So there's going to be a there's going
0: to be a gap for a while, I think. Wherein lies the problem then, in terms of recommendations made after what was clearly? Uh, clearly an accident where they found many causes. Wherein lies the problem then with getting these recommendations instituted quickly?
1: Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, They're usually made to the Minister of Transport. The Minister has to respond to the recommendations and have to get comments from the railways on what they think of the recommendations. Um, Not one of the recommendations is binding. That's one of the parts of the TSB Act. They're recommendations, but it doesn't mean you have to do this. And so, you know, it, it, takes time and sometimes it takes way too much time to get them implemented.
0: Because as you were mentioning, some of these recommendations go back to earlier, earlier tragedies, such as Lac-Megantic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's securing uh, securement of handbrakes and so on and so forth. And, you know, you, there, I mean, Mechanic had, I don't know, between 14 and 28 causes, you know, contributing factors anyway. And, um, but there was one, there was the locomotive equipment was terrible. The track was in terrible condition. And uh, that uh, took a long time for the crew to get over the road. Um, didn't do proper risk analysis. Um, didn't train for, you know. But, so, I mean, training and supervision is always an issue in uh, communications. Uh, equipment condition shouldn't always be an issue, but
0: in the big accidents, it can be I think sometimes for people who don 't work in this industry and we see these massive trains go by these huge freight trains, hundreds of you know, more than a hundred cars, the assumption is that there is the utmost care to make sure that something this large doesn 't run away, and it sounds like that isn 't always necessarily the case, although I imagine intentions are good uh, i mean these are These are heavy, dangerous, giant things moving through tricky territory and i think the assumption always was well they must be doing everything they possibly can to make sure nothing goes wrong and it, i get the sense from the report from what you're saying that that isn't necessarily the case
1: that's right and uh you know you can say in the case of the track condition the track was in great condition but in terms of uh, the actual train the train was not in good condition whatsoever and the weather was really uh, really foul that day And you can get onto prairies, and I think there's been a couple of, uh, well, that's a few years ago now, but there's some crude oil derailments and explosions. And there, it was just an issue. The train was in okay shape, but it was going too fast for uh, for a bad condition track. uh, So the track failed, and the trains derailed, and there were explosions. But uh, so you've got to keep your track up up to speed, up to snuff, I should say, In, in good condition. You could keep equipment in good condition. And you've got to keep your train crews in good condition and you, you know, your road masters, your tra- train controllers, so forth. Everyone's got to be re- well-rested and well-trained and uh, and supervised. Uh, so any one of those three things goes wrong, you've potentially got a problem.
0: So, Ian, then all that taken into consideration, what is then the lesson to be learned from this specific tragedy? Well, I think... The lesson
1: is really that as they exist now, the safety management systems are pretty weak because that hazard should have been recognised. Runaways down Field hill have been seen before. Uh, So what's changed? Uh, If if it's nothing, well, why not? Um, And I guess for me, the lesson is it's nice that the TSB is recommending a new technology Automatic parking brakes, and it sounds wonderful. I just hope it gets implemented, but uh, it's so slow that new technologies are implemented on the railways, if the railways can't immediately make any money on it, they're very slow, very reluctant.
0: Could this happen again?
1: Um, I won't say it couldn't, um, have the measures been taken so far? Are they better than they were at the time of the uh, derailment? Yes. Uh, are they enough? I'm not
0: sure. Ian Nash, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate your insight. Thank you. You're welcome, Ben.